Yes. What is your name, soldier? Smokescreen, sir! Welcome to Earth, Smokescreen. Welcome to Talking Giants. Let's talk some Giants. I'm Bobby Skinner at Bobby Skinner NFL. Here with my co-host at Danny King NFL. Danny, it's been kind of a dry week. That being said, we got a few little things to talk about. We got a lot of smoke screens going on. And Jabril Peppers is he's going to jail and he's going to be suspended for eight games. It's, it's, it's horrific. I can't believe this all happened in a matter of the time we trade Odell. It's just the Giants' <laughs> luck. I guess we'll talk about that first uh, because it's a dry week, and then we'll talk about John Merritt and Pat Sermon and whatnot. But for that Cleveland news station or whatever it was to put that out, you know, like like he's been the NFL is looking into uh, two incidents with Jabril Peppers uh, and doing their investigation with Cle- and Cleveland police is like, yeah, but he's not a suspect in any of this. Uh, this is clickbait, and then that was just kind of the end of it. But it had uh, Giants fans freaking out for. Close to three or four minutes. No, yeah, I mean, all the NFL wants is just information from Jabril Peppers. He's not a suspect, but this guy, Scott Knoll, said Jabril Peppers is being investigated by the Cleveland police. And then the Cleveland, the police department was like, no, we're not investigating him. He's not a suspect at the moment. So it's just crazy how, like, that story got out there. That guy really did do the best of research on it. But yeah, what I what I got off when I got home and I looked at it, I'm like, are right, you gotta be joking me? What what is our luck that the guy we traded for is now being investigated by the police? Luckily right now, it doesn't seem like he's the one in trouble. <laughs> Basically it sounds like he he um left his uh gun in uh that the, <laughs> you should leave your gun in the car in the first place, but he did. So he I, he left his uh gun in I believe it's license. He left it in the car and then it was broken into and then the guy that broke in and took stole his gun then shot a woman. So that's how we're here right now. So obviously everything's still uh, coming to fruition. We don't know what's going on with it right now. We'll probably get more information. But right now he's not a suspect. Yeah, definitely not a big deal at all. And like you said, where you know maybe that guy didn't have his information to do his research. It's just it's all clickbait. In fact, I talked about this the other day. That and this isn't what we're going to talk about on the show, but if you looked at all the quotes from the beat reporters after Dave Gettleman's uh, conference call with them, I mean they made him look really bad. Even some of the more credible guys—I'm not going to you know put anybody by name—but some of the more you know credible uh, guys and gals who did that, and you go and listen to it for yourself. And like the biggest thing for me, like they made it seem like they didn't shop Odell at all, but they Dave Gettleman talked about how he had multiple calls with the 49ers. He, all he said was he's the, he's the only team he called personally was the Bills. He said the rest of the stuff was just, you know, they had initiated contact. But there was he never said, like, oh, like, you know, they we had one, uh, one offer and that was it. And that's kind of what they made it seem like. They were very, you know, and like, and like and Jordan Rainin, I guess I am naming names, but Jordan Rain is like, man, what an idiot. Like, who, wh- wh- this guy didn't shop him? What, why did you do that? And I was kind of the same way, too. Like, you didn't shop him? But if you listen to it, it's actually just like he's just like, listen, they called us first. We had multiple talks with the 49ers. We had multiple talks with other teams and the Browns gave us the best offer. So like the, the media kind of spins things. And that and I put that that's why I believe in this show and what we're doing as a whole with, you know, uh, John Boy Media with the Talking Yanks and Simple Man Radio and all that is because, listen, yeah, we're not going to get loud and, and, and yell at each other and debate like Stephen A. Smith or or, you know, 
scream at the clouds for you know people's heads unless you know it's deserved, like you know like a Jordan Rain is. But you're gonna get just what we what we see, what we're all seeing, and you're gonna get our honest thoughts on it. You're never gonna get some contrived crap, and I, like I really hate that. That will make me lose all respect for you if I see you do that like more than a couple of times. And that's why I, you know, and sometimes people say it's dry, but I'll never want to just kind of like just make up crap uh to to gauge something like like a week like this we could i could get i could you know i could take one of pat Shermer's quotes and just you know make a 10 minute speech about it but that's just i don't know i, I that's not my style and that's why i believe in this and i think people are starting to trend more towards what things we're trying to do so uh danny i'm i'm patting on my back into the microphone right now you could do the same <laughs> no, yeah, because for some reason, I know you a uh, reporter's not supposed to love the team, I know that, but for some reason, ESPN, like Dan Graziano, he absolutely despised us. He hated his job reporter for us. Jordan Ronan, I mean, I feel like he bashes every move the Giants make. Obviously, some are deserved, but sometimes they really aren't. But yeah, you're right, like, we're not going to... We're going to give you an honest opinion because we're two real fans of this team. And if a move hurts this team, we're going to bash it. As like what we did, what we went on that Odell emergency podcast. We destroyed them. But that was some of the moves. We're like, all right, that, that's a decent move. We, we give our honest opinions and we don't spin it just to get some listens. Yeah, it just, it just really aggravated me because I went and listened to the audio instead of just reading quotes. And it was just completely different than what it was being said. But that being said. Uh, Pat Shermer talked to the media today. Not a whole lot to get out of it. Obviously, you know, talked about Odell. And, you know, we'll talk about John Mayer talking to the media. Uh, I guess the biggest thing out of it, uh, well, well, one, he called Odell. We'll talk about that. But he's saying for quarterback, it's sooner rather than later. And, Danny, all things are pointing towards us getting a new quarterback this year. Um, and and all, all signs are pointing to the Cardinals wanting to draft Kyler Murray. So in a sense, we're down to, uh, yeah, sorry, we're down to Josh Rosen, Dwayne Haskins, and I guess we'll we'll pit all these three in one. This is uh, this will sh- this will show that we're like desperate for QB, Daniel Jones, Will Greer, and Drew Lock. Uh, what do you see right now being? Because it's look like I said, I, I I think it's almost a done deal that we will have a QB, a new QB on this team, obviously with Eli. But what do you see happening at this point? No, yeah, because he made it seem like he did say like there will be a Kubi on the team where we want to get a less successor sooner rather than later. But then another thing that really popped in my when a quote he said, "We're going to draft the best player available on the board when we draft." So that might not mean the Giants go quarterback at six. Seventeen is still an option. They they could very much go defense, which I, I'm believing now. The Giants will go defense with the first uh, the six overall pick. And then they'll go maybe quarterback at 17. I, I do, Obviously, we don't want to get into like who they're drafted, but at 17, if he's still there, Drew Locke could be an option. I don't see us going to quarterback at 6. I don't see that right now. Obviously, things could change. It's smoke screens. He could be throwing us off. And so, I yeah, but Eli's succession will be on this team in this draft. You're right about that. Yeah, the only way I see us choosing a quarterback at 6 is if Dwayne Hastings is available, which – you know, I've been thinking about it because the past month has been like, oh, well, somebody's going to trade up, which very well, may, you know, may be, but, you know, with uh, the Jets already saying they kind of want to trade down from that third spot. But the Jaguars signed uh, Nick Foles. The Redskins traded for Case Keenum. And I'm, I'm not saying Case Keenum is their long-term guy. Uh, but, I mean, who's a team that is going to trade up with the Jets? To, who, 
who's the quarterback needy team that would trade up against uh, for them? So I think the possibility of Dwayne Haskins being there at six could be very real unless the Raiders were going to go after him or, or something like that. But, I mean, do you see – what do you think is the biggest possibility for Haskins? You see, because – I will get to him later, but John Mara said you don't want to trade up out of, like, a want. That could really hurt your team. So the Giants may not even trade up. They may just stay put at six. But if I'm look, thinking about it, the only team that pops into my mind right now that needs a quarterback is the Dolphins. But they have their eyes, seems like, set on the – 2020 draft with uh, Tua Tugaviola and all them. So really, as you said, the Giants are the only team that really needs a quarterback right now. Maybe the Broncos. But just the question is, do the Giants believe Dwayne Haskins is the guy at six? That's my answer question right now. I, I, I do believe if Haskins is there at six that they will pick him. And I wouldn't hate that. Although, you know, I've, I've been pretty notably on the Rosen trade or train. And, you know, with each of these guys, Mara, uh, Gettleman and Shermer saying that, like, listen, we got to get ourselves a QB. It almost, and th- th- I think this could very well be wishful thinking on my end because I want Josh Rosen so badly. And the fact that the Cardinals, you know, Cliff Kingsbury just came out and said, like, there's really nothing, like, Kyler Murray does everything. It really makes me believe, and I believe the Cardinals are just kind of waiting, uh, you know, for maybe, you know, something that, that possibly the Giants might even have a deal done with the Cardinals or, Kind of like a, I don't know, uh, hey, you've got the best offer right now, but we're going to take our time with this unless you blow, unless you come back and blow us away with something. Uh, so, And I believe the Cardinals have no reason to rush unless uh, one, of the, one of the suitors for Josh Rosen is like, listen, if we don't do this now, we're trading with the Jets for the number three pick. I think that would be the only thing to rush the Cardinals. But if that's not there, there's no reason to rush. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, I don't think they want to do a, a – draft day thing because then their their hands are kind of tied because then everyone knows they want Kyler and they're desperate to, to move on from Rosen. But I, I think that could be a possibility, although I think you know that's completely guessing and wishful thinking on my part. Yeah, right now it's just obviously many people expect the Cardinals to draft Kyler Murray, and I believe that to be the case as well, but maybe I, this is a stupid idea, but the Cardinals maybe keep Josh Rosen because uh, he could be a suitable backup for Kyler if he gets hurt. That's the only reason why. I That'd be him, wild. <laughs> that's the only reason why I could see him keeping Josh Rosen because right now it doesn't seem like they have any motion to even want to trade him. But, I mean, as you said, maybe the Giants – because, really, I only see the Giants being the only team to call Josh for Josh Rosen's services because many in the building last year thought he was the quarterback of last year's draft. So, obviously, it would be shocking if he was traded to the Giants. Obviously, the people's opinions that matter are Dave Gettleman, Pat Shermer, Maratish, and all of them. But, yeah, I just – the Cardinals are just really confusing everyone right now. It's like, what are you going to do? And they are doing a great job of keeping their cards to their chest. Yeah, I think they've really made an effort at it because everyone believes they're going to go for Kyler. But uh, the other thing that came out of Shermer that was notable, uh, he said that the narrative that – Odell was a problem and, and kind of a headache, and that's why they moved on. Wasn't true. And he also said that he's tried to call Odell a few times, but he hasn't been able to get in touch. For me, this is kind of a, uh, you think? Like, you can, you can, they can say to us all they want that, you know, Odell's behavior and whatnot has nothing to do with it, but it definitely had a part, you know, it's debatable how much of a part of it, but it definitely had a part. And, oh, uh, you think Odell's not answering your phone calls? I wouldn't answer him either. 
Um, and now he and he's on a team with Baker Mayfield now, who absolutely despises his former head coach Hugh Jackson. So I think that is uh, a big part. Of, actually, that's not a big part of that. But if I'm Odell, I'm not answering that phone call either. Like I'm, I'm a grudge guy, and I'm holding a grudge against the Giants. And I cannot wait till I play the Giants because I'm going to have try and have my best game ever. And that's what I like out of my athletes. And that was one of the things I did like about Odell. No, yeah, like he he gave you his all every Sunday. Uh, yes, did he talk a lot sometimes? Yes, but he was very well respected in the locker room. And then just really from you said on multiple occasions, we didn't sign Odell just to trade him. But then you do trade him. So obviously Odell has all the rights in the world to be mad. He, he, I believe, I still believe to this day he wanted to be a giant for his career or as long as there is maybe hope. But obviously getting traded doesn't really do a great job of your relationship and all that. So, yeah, Pat Schenner, he shouldn't expect Odell to answer the phone for some time. I mean, he'll see him in preseason this year if that preseason schedule stays the same. So they could, they could talk to him then, but yeah, Odell has all the rights in the world not to be talking to Pat Shermer right now. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to keep that, that preseason schedule the same uh, just for that reason alone. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We always, we, yeah, we always play Jets, Bills, Patriots. We kind of rotate that I game. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, I, I, let's not talk about preseason right yeah. now. Um, <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Uh, oh, and, and uh, with the whole like calling Odell thing, like, I actually don't like that out of Pat Shermer that he made it. And like I said, I like honesty, but I don't like that he made it public that he's been trying to call Odell and Odell hasn't answered. Because, you know, like I said, and, th- and then this could be a, another case of voice inflection and media spinning things. So whenever the actual audio of it comes out, then things could change. But I also, you know, think that's kind of like, why, why are you putting that out there? Like you're kind of putting the ball in his court. Like, oh, well, he's not answering my phone calls. I just, I don't know. I think that's, that's, that's very minuscule, but I didn't really like that move. But like I said, it could be the media making things seem bigger than they actually are. No, yeah, like as as you said, it's making Odell look like a like a little baby not wanting to return his calls. Like that that's something you, you keep to yourself because that's a, a you and him matter. That's not something that us fans need to know. You could have some was it? I'm trying to remember. Was it even asked or did he just say oh, I I've called Odell multiple times. So he has an answer. I don't even know that part. But that's besides the fact. Keep that to yourself. That's not something we should care about. That's between you and Odell. Definitely. Um... I guess, do you have anything else on Shermer before we talk about John Mara and Pro Days? Uh, no, I think that's all we got on Shermer. All right, let's do a quick ad, and then we'll get to it. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will, di- will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, so John Mayer finally spoke to the media since the Odell trade. Everyone was kind of calling for their head. And, and I think this part was silly of fans saying, like, oh, what? Uh, address the situation. Stop acting like you've never been here. Like, let's, you know, let's let's grow up a little bit. Like, they're not going to come. They don't need to put out a statement right away. They, you know, they can line up, kind of let things cool down. Anyways, uh, he did say that there was times where Odell bothered him. Uh, but it never got to the point where Odell was unmanageable. He got mad at people saying that Eli uh, is being kept for sentimental reasons. 
Uh, he said it hurt him for Landon Collins to be gone. Uh, although he said, listen, we are never going to match what he was being offered, going to be offered in free agency. And the thing that I liked the most is he said that uh, doing the fourth and 15 instead of onside kicks is stupid. What are we, the Arena Football League? I actually like that. Besides that, and there's nothing really there to really hate or or love, Danny. No, yeah, you're right. Um, I I kind of I I was annoyed at the being sentimental towards Eli part because let, let's be real. Um, yes, or do we? We all love Eli. Let's make that clear. Even if you say hate Eli, you loved him at one point. He brought you two Super Bowl rings. Oh, I, I've been called an Eli uh, blind Eli defender and an Eli hater in the past past week. And like I said, it's it like and like how we introduced the show. It's smokescreen season, baby. You have no idea what I think. <laughs> Bobby hates Eli tonight. He may love him tomorrow. It's all hey, what he feels in the day. I put something out about Haskins the other day, and this kid called me. I was like, "Oh, I thought you were this draft quarterback." Now Eli hated. Him. I was like, "I was like, no." I said, "I like Rosen and make it open QB competition." Uh, you then called me an Eli hater. That's on you, buddy. But anyways, sorry for interrupting. No, no, yeah, but being sentimental towards Eli, let's be real. There's there's some sentimental towards Eli because, one, um, after the debacle of McAdoo and Jerry Reese, you, you had Davis Webb. Obviously, I know you don't think he was the answer, but he was waiting there. He's like, hey, guys, I'm right here. But they listened like, nah, let's go back to Eli. And then we rode with Eli for the rest of the year. And then... Obviously, you could you could have asked him to take a pay cut. Not that he would have accepted, but you could have asked him. But it doesn't seem like they did because he, he's Eli. They're like, let him just ride it out. So there's some there's some feelings towards Eli, which I understand. But you can't say there's no like sentimental feelings towards Eli. And then to the Landon Collins news, I mean, yeah, Landon Collins is a great locker room leader. You hate to see someone like that go, but he nailed it right on the head. Landon Collins got a lucrative deal that the Giants were nowhere going to pay him. And to have that on the books, that would the Giants are rebuilding. Having that on the books doesn't really help your rebuilding phase. So, obviously, yeah, Landon Collins is never going to come back. And it's something that I, I, I was a little thinking about really was he gave Dave Gettleman a reluctant approval to trade Odell. I was thinking to myself, like, I don't want a reluctant reluctant approval to trade someone. I want a definite approval. I want you to feel confident in this move. That made me think, like, are we not so sure about that move right now? I think part of that was kind of the, like, the the we don't hate Odell tour, because obviously, you know, that has been the narrative, and I believe not that they hate Odell, but they did definitely had problems with Odell. And like I said, I believe they're shopping him uh, as soon as the season ended. But anyway, I think that was more on the like, hey, we don't actually hate Odell. Um, don't don't disown us and and love. It was more of like, hey, I like the guy too. Uh, so I think yeah. that's more of what it was. Uh, on the sentiment of Eli, yeah, we're all sentimental towards Eli. Um, and I honestly didn't think there was like really like people who hated Eli. Until this past week when, like, in my mentions, people were just kind of going at it. And and like I said, I think this is where me and you, Danny, kind of align. And I think this is where our show thrives is the truth usually lies in the middle. It's part, yes, we are partly sentimental, Eli. We can't just kick him to the curb. Or we could kick him to the curb, but most of us don't want to kick him to the curb. But we also want to bring in a young QB. And if that QB is good enough, let him play from day one. Uh, and if he's not, let him sit behind Eli. Like I said, the truth usually lies in the middle when it comes down to these things. It's not like I, I, I people were like actually hating on Eli saying like, 
the Super Bowls really had nothing to do with them. Like, I, I don't know. Let's 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 pump the brakes on that one. And then the people who you know you got the other side. Like, listen, if uh, if our offensive line was this, this, and that, it's like all right. Like, our offensive line wasn't great. I get that, but part of that was on Eli too. He wasn't taking any chances. He didn't wasn't taking any big hits. Like, we had some weapons. We had Odell, Shepard, Ingram, who was hurt a little bit, and then Saquon. Like, part of it is on Eli. Listen, we could put some blame on Eli. So, yeah, yeah. we're just kind of in a mess, and we need to figure it out soon. The draft cannot come soon enough. I cannot wait. I know. Yeah, we're, we're under a month away from the draft, but you're right. Yeah! But, like, there is – it's like a battlefield. If you say, like, you like Eli, all of a sudden all the Eli haters are flooding your mentions. You're like, oh, well, you're stupid. He's 900 <laughs> years old. He can't be playing in this league anymore. But then if you then say – Oh, I hate Eli. All of a sudden, Eli supporters come flying in to save him. They like, oh, he's won us two Super Bowls. But yeah, you're right. You you can hate Eli right now, but he brought you some good times with two Super Bowl rings, so you could let the guy live a little bit. Definitely. Um, and then what I did agree 100 percent with John Mara is the Landon Collins stuff. Saying, listen, we're never going to match that. And Landon Collins said on Mike on the Michael K show that he was just not going to play on a franchise tag, whether. I don't know how much you put into that, but let's just take the guy at face value, even though I almost never take a guy at face value on these interviews. But unless, you know, it's like Chad Johnson or somebody who's, you know, will just say anything. But anyways, I mean, he flat out said he wasn't going to play on the franchise tag. And with the contract he got, you know, he maybe he wouldn't have. So, you know, like he said, that would be a huge mess. And I, I kind of liken it to the Le'Veon Bell thing where, yeah, we're both kind of parties kind of wrong on that thing. Yeah, but the Steelers definitely wish they could have cut it, you know, uh, you know, cut ties away earlier than they did, and not having all that drama and whatnot, and that possibly could have been what the Landon Collins situation would have been. Obviously, we want a trade uh, for a draft pick if we knew that was going to happen. But it's listen in a vacuum. If you're not counting the trade and whatnot, a possibility of a trade, the Giants did the right thing of cutting that now. Because they, if they knew for sure, it was not going to work out long term. No, yeah, you're right. Because we also have to remember, Landon Collins is represented by the same agent of Earl Thomas, and we saw what happened last year when he held out until like what week one or a few weeks into the season. So it's not like Landon Collins had like someone in his corner telling him to like, oh, uh, consider your options. He was like, no, you're going to sit out no matter what. So, obviously, I, I like Landon that he probably let them know, like, if you put this tag on me, I'm not coming. And they're probably like, all right, we might as well just let him go. But I, John Maris said um, that they didn't know what their plan was with Landon by the time the season ended, so that's why they didn't trade him. I, I'm going to believe that. I'm going to hope that's the truth. So And, obviously, we got a third-round pick next year. Uh, we should be getting around the third-round pick next year. So, I mean, hey, that comes to fruition. That's fine by me. Yeah, I actually I actually believe Mayor on that where they just didn't know. Um was just kind of sad that like the one thing we really believe is like, Hey, we didn't know. Um, <laughs> uh, John Mara. So we'll move on. So pro days have been big the past week. Uh, giant staffers have, you know, coaches and, and GM and, and man, and, you know, personnel have been at pro days of Duke, Daniel Jones, Mizzou, Drew Locke, Ohio state, Dwayne Haskins and West Virginia, Will Greer, who had a great pro day, but I just, let's not hope we're, we're down to that option. Uh, let's not draft any more quarterbacks in the third round. We, we've we've wasted enough of those picks. By the way, that is true. Like we really just wasted uh, two third round picks. Or I, Loretta wasn't a third round pick, but a third round pick on Webb 
and whatever uh, a pick Loletta was. I think he was a fourth round. No, yeah, you're right. But oh wait, and, and yeah, we uh, Sam Beal. We got him in the supplemental draft for the third, and we got a third back in the Cleveland trade, if I'm correct. So I mean, everything. I I've been saying the Giants are gonna. I was, I said the Giants are gonna find a way to get that third round pick back. They got it back in an interesting way that I didn't expect them, but. Something I it's, it's for some reason right now I'm I'm a little this may be stupid because as I said I think the Giants are going defense at six I'm on the Drew Lock train right now like I'm getting on it because Daniel Jones I'm looking at him I'm like you're fine but you're not what I want as my quarterback and I'm looking at Drew Lock and I'm like you intrigue me to a point where I want you to get drafted just to see what you are you know yeah Drew Lock and like I said and I, I like that you're stepping out on a limb on that because I actually like Drew Lock too. Um, way more than Daniel Jones, way more than Will Greer. I like Drew Locke. I think, you know, like when I went back and watched some of his games, it was more like, like, why aren't you guys letting this guy, you know, hose the ball around? They kind of did a lot of like, you know, run, run, pass kind of thing. And, you know, I get they were playing against some, you know, top SEC defenses. But like the game against Georgia, it's like they played very passively. And it's like, come on, let's, just, let's see what this kid can do. But it does bother me that he really didn't have like the greatest success in college. And I know, like, and now this, I'm not giving this as a reason of why not to draft Drew Locke, but, like, and this is, like, kind of the dumb fan of us. We always remember, like, Blaine Gabbard, like, oh, like, this doesn't work, even though they're completely two different people. Um, and they, But they do play somewhat similar. But I do like the idea of Drew Locke. I think, but you know, I think he has a lot of potential. But and but if, he, if we're taking him at the six, I'm not happy with that, I think. Uh, if we're if we don't have Haskins or Kyler at the six, and we didn't trade for Josh Rosen, I think that's a failure uh, because you know one of those options is going to be available for us and at the right price. So Locke, uh, you know, and I'm not saying Locke isn't going to be a great QB and maybe he'll be the best QB out of this class, but Locke, I'm not comfortable with that. But like you said, he's very intriguing and he has all the tools. I mean, he, the way you know, he has great accuracy, uh, he's got a good arm. He's, I mean, he's got all all of that. So, uh, like I said, I'd be confused. And as we get closer to the draft, things change a whole lot. But I also wouldn't be like, Will Greer? So, uh, that's kind of where I stand with your look. Yeah, as you said, if Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins is not there at six, or they are there at six, I want that. To, yeah, hang on one second. If Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins are at six, then I want one of those two. I don't want Drew Locke or Daniel Jones at six. At six, I want Devin White, but obviously we'll save that for another day. But, yeah, at 17, if Drew Locke's available, I, I I wouldn't be mad at the pick. I would just be like, huh, interesting choice. But as you said, it seems like Will Greer, like Betty Scouts loved him at his pro day, and some people expect his stock to rise. Obviously, I don't expect the Giants to really have much interest in him. But, I mean, he's now making his name up in this draft right now. So, I mean, is it the back half of this draft more interesting than the front? Because, I mean, Kyler Murray's going to be good. Dwayne Haskins, he's going to be good. It's like the Drew Locks, Daniel Jones, Will Greer, those guys. They're, they're like the interesting prospects right now. Yeah. And like I said, I'm not knocking Greer. I think his stock is rising. But I just – I really hope that's not an option for the Giants. I, I just feel like there's so many better options. Um, and I don't think Drew Locke will be available at 17 either. And so if they're taking him at six, that's going to be wild. But as a fan who is an optimist, I would convince myself to get behind it. And I would go look up everything and start debating my friends at why Drew Locke is actually the best quarterback. Uh, anyways, 
so yeah, uh, Will Greer, not so much Dwayne Hash. I, and I love these pro day like anal- analysis. They're always the best. Like somebody said, Dwayne Haskins had a great day in the pocket today. It's like, yeah, the imaginary pocket where there's no defenders, no offensive linemen, and nobody covering his wide receiver, and the ball's actually a little underthrown. Yeah, great day in the pocket. Like, it's just like, what does that even mean? You know? Yeah. Like I could go out. In the, so can I go out in my backyard today and have like a good throwing day in the pocket? Like, man, his. He really didn't look at the defenders to, uh, in the pocket. You know, he took he took, you know, some imaginary big hits, and and like I I want to see this one. Like he put that ball where only his receiver could get it because his receiver was literally the only person on the field. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. I've met, many people don't. I I think people view the pro day more important for their meetings than really their game because, as you said, all that they're they're, they're just thrown. It's like wow, what a throw. That's how you should be thrown, but sometimes you don't do that. So. Obviously, pro days. And we saw the Cardinals didn't even go to Oklahoma's pro day because I mean, like they're like, yeah, that once again, smoke screens. Smoke screen. They don't put. Maybe they don't view the pro day as an important aspect to their draft process. So it just varies team by team. But pro days, I mean, they help players out who need the help. And sometimes the smart players like Nick Bosa, if they had a good combine, they're like, all right, I'm done. You got what you got. I'll see you in April. The Cardinals view smoke screens as a very important part to their draft process. Yeah. Um, it's smoke screen season, baby. I'm fitting that as a title of the episode. Uh, before we go, a little housekeeping. Kerry Wynn, who's always been a fan favorite. He went to the Bengals. Uh, so he'll be with our former DB coach, uh, who was the defense coordinator there, Lou uh, Amarnillo. I think I pronounced that right. Uh, Kerry Wynn, listen, I like the guy. He always had very good preseasons. But, like, Let's let's not have Kerry win outrage, okay? Like you know, we only—it's just—he's always been a fan favorite. And I like the guy a lot, and, and I've tried to get him on so many radio before. But like, let's not do that. Like, oh, we what? Odell Landon now Kerry win? Like that's like let's, let's calm down. I know we want to be mad at something right now, but let's chill out on that. Uh, and then on the other end, there was jubilation that Curtis Riley, um, maybe the worst Giant safety in recent memory, is gone. And he's fittingly with the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, I mean, obviously he was on a one-year deal. I, at least Dave Gettleman and company had enough like knowledge to be like he is not the answer at free safety. I mean, he was he was so bad. It, it was oh, I can't even talk about him. It bothers me about him. I view him almost like as Eric Flowers because I mean. Like, did he really contribute? I mean, yeah, I guess he contributed more than Flowers, but, like, some of the angles he took on tackles, some of the tackles he tried to do. And I remember in the Bears game, I'm right there looking right at the end zone. I see, uh, what's his name? I forgot the guy's name. Chase Daniels throw a ball. Curtis Riley is wide open. It's coming to his hands. He catches it, but then he drops it. It's like, what? what are you doing? So, I mean, our safety situation was sorted out. He was never coming back. I mean... Hopefully he does good with the Raiders. Well, we might need a safety because Jabril Peppers is going to yes, be suspended Jabril for eight Peppers games. And he's, is, gu- he's guilty of murder. He's going to jail. He had everything. He is a guilty as guilty could be. He's gone for the next twenty years from the NFL. So Curtis Riley, please come back. But I mean, I don't expect much of a difference from Curtis Riley. But hey, hopefully I'm wrong. I mean, I I liked him. He was he seemed like a nice guy. But I mean, he just did not work out here. Definitely. Um. So, yeah, Danny, unless you got anything else, I think that might be a show. 
Uh, well, this is a giant news, but I mean, uh, you, oh, uh, NFL teams can now challenge pass interference calls. That's now been made official. 31 of the 32 owners uh, voted to approve that rule. It was not the Giants who voted no. We're not the born ones. So, I mean, obviously, that'll be big because uh, that'll make change the outcome of a lot of games. So, yeah, that's all I got to was add that, there. Was that made official? Because I looked before. It's almost happened during the show. Uh, it just ha- yeah, uh, NFL they make the change to the pass interference rule. I just got the alert on my phone, so that's now an official rule. Teams will still have their two challenges, but they can now challenge a pass interference call on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. Man, that's how do you feel about that? Because I like the idea of it, but then I I, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't have it in slow motion. I don't, I don't know. It's weird. It's one of those weird things where. Everything looks way worse in slow motion. I mean, do you, do you, I, I like the idea of it, but I just feel like there's going to be some screwed up situations, and, and especially especially the late, you know, with two and a half minutes left, they're just teams just throw the ball deep and be like, look, there's some contact, and we know indisputable really doesn't mean indisputable. Uh, obviously, the Saints game was, you know, uh, horrible, but yeah, this is kind of weird. It's going to be weird. It's I guess I'll get used to it eventually. But I just I just hate change. That's just kind of the person I am. I hate change. No, oh, yeah, I see where. Because personally, when I, I I'm thinking of like I do not want to have this happen to my team because I would lose my mind. When I saw that in the Saints game, I was like, wow, these guys are like officials. Obviously, there's gonna be one call that's gonna get shown, and they're gonna keep the call, and the fan base, everyone's gonna go crazy. Officials never get anything right. I mean, like they're just some so bad. Yes, they're seeing the game and soup and like game speed. It's hard to call stuff on the fly, but I mean, come on. I mean, you're doing this for your job. I expect some better calls from you. But yeah, we'll see how it works out for the NFL. Make them full time. That'd make people happy. Yeah. Uh, maybe we need another strike because that that really made that that strike got things done. Yeah. Like, the fail Mary, like that was almost like I don't even want to say it was wild. Like this is actually happening, and within hours the rules changed. All right, I guess that's it for the show. Uh, yeah, until next week, maybe maybe next week, maybe some we'll get some big news. We'll have something uh, later in the day, but next week we're going to start looking at possibilities in the draft. We're going to go through our our draft board position by position. Uh, the requests I've got. Uh, to cover our wide receiver and D-line. So whichever gets more, we're going to do opposites. Like, okay, we'll have wide receiver and DBs, and then we'll do linebackers and running backs, uh, and and and, uh, and then we'll do O-line, D-line, and then quarterbacks. We're going to be talking about quarterbacks all the time. And really it doesn't – we're not going to be talking about the number nine quarterback out of Central Michigan. So anyways, until next time, let's go big Blue.